and welcome to the Powerful Personal Brand Podcast, where we hope and inspire you to build a great personal brand to increase your visibility and authority. I am your host, Claire Bond, and on today's episode, I am so excited to be joined by Judy Weber. Judy is a a women's business strategist and scaling expert and the founder of Judy Weber Co., a boutique consultancy for women in business. She helps faith-fueled six-figure, that's a mouthful, (laughs) female CEOs scale their businesses um, to multi-six and seven figures with simplicity using the proven joyful scaling method. Uh, Judy is a former corporate trial, corporate and trial attorney, as well as a C-suite executive. Judy is a genius at showing entrepreneurs how to up-level their mindset, step fully into their CEO role, and strategically transform their current business model into a freedom-based legacy business without compromising their values. She is a sought-after keynote speaker, teaching and inspiring women across the world to pursue the impossible, knowing that God can make your biggest dreams a reality. Thank you so much, Judy, for being here. I'm so excited, Claire. Thank you for yeah. having me. Yeah. So, I mean, tell me, you know, there are a lot of people that want to take the leap into entrepreneurship. You left a successful career. What made you decide to leave that career and jump in to do your own thing? Yeah, it's kind of a long story, but I will give you the thumbnail sketch. My first business I started in 2003 when my three boys were at the time two, four, and almost seven. Um, At that time, I had left the private practice of law to raise my boys. I did not personally feel good about leaving them in the hands of someone else. But within two weeks of being home, I cried to my mom, this is so hard, like help me, this is hard being a stay-at-home mom. So in any event, I launched a business as an interior decorator. I was HGTV trained, I was not formally trained, but within the first month or two, I had more clients than I knew what to deal with. So that was never a problem for me. For me, it was fulfilling the, you know, this and servicing the clients that I had at the time. So fast forward through a divorce, when I was back into the practice of law full-time and part-time as a real estate agent. I, I'm, a, I'm one of those ambitious women, and I know that um, you know so many entrepreneurial women. We tend to be that type, that we're like type A, and we just want to help, help, help. So, so we tend to have different things in the fire. But moving forward to more recently, it was back in 2016, I believe, when I was working in-house in the C-suite, multi-million dollar international company. I was the general counsel and I was the director of HR. Loved it. Oh my gosh, it was so challenging. Every day was just a challenge because we had people from all over the United States, Canada and the world really. So it was very lucrative. It was very exciting. What I didn't like about it, I'll be honest, was my boss. I loved, I literally loved everybody else. But my boss, he was a male chauvinist. He was rude. He was just like, I'm like, I'm your in-house counsel. And the way you're talking to me right now has got to stop. So long story short, I said bye-bye to a big ton of money. And I actually went into business as a business coach for real estate agents with my twin sister. If anybody would have told me I couldn't work with my twin sister, I would have said, you're insane. But that relationship, as far as the business partnership broke up, And in 2019, I pivoted to do what I do now, which is help with Christian women to really grow their businesses. And I absolutely love it because I feel that deep in my bones that I'm doing what I was meant to do. And it's neat. Mm -hmm. Last thing I'll say on this whole story, Claire, is that 
through the hell of domestic violence from my first husband, through the hell of divorce, through the experiences in the courtroom in Philadelphia, one of the toughest venues and, and in the C-suite, all of that comes together so that I can really serve my clients in a very unique way. There is no other business coach that caters to Christian women that has years in the, you know, Inc. 500 um, at that level. So it's just been a fun ride and I never would have expected it. <laughs> Amazing. No, I mean, that's like one of the things you see a lot of people that come out and they're just like, I'm going to do this. And they have no experience at all. They have nothing they can, you know, this wealth of knowledge to kind of pull and be like, I can really take all of this and give it to you. Yeah. So the, the people that have the staying power are the ones that actually have an expertise that they can draw from, whether it's life, yes. business. So that is absolutely amazing. So you work primarily with women and, you know, women CEOs and entrepreneurs. I would love to get your opinion on like, what is the biggest thing that they are facing? What's the biggest obstacle, um, things that mm -hmm. they need to tackle and they're dealing with? Well, the short answer is themselves. Um, I was just talking to a powerhouse woman in a networking collab chat just a few minutes ago before we hopped on and she's thriving from the outside. It looks like she's on top of the world. She knows what she's doing, but together we were talking about, uh, because I raised the question in, in a, in a Facebook group that we're in struggling with negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. and she feels empowered when she's working with her clients. And then a lot of times, pretty much daily, that that enemy creeps, his voice creeps into your mind, and he's like, who are you to do this? You can't do this. Oh, my gosh, where's my next client coming from? So I think the dealing with the thoughts and staying mm -hmm. on course and focused is, yeah. in particular, difficult for women. Yeah, it is. It is really interesting with all the things that we do. And we, you know, you mentioned your background and dealing with domestic violence, like the, all the things that you do. And like, sometimes, yeah, that, that creeps into your head and you're just like, women are so strong. It, you just don't give your, I don't know, from a, from a standpoint of kind of seeing men and you're like, sometimes you're just like, why does this guy have an ego? He's so, you know, in comparison <laughs> to some of the women that you know, right? Like, like what? I don't even it understand. Is it is so true. And, you know, that's one of those things that when I meet the Lord, we'll be having a conversation when I say, why did you make women? I think I have yet to meet a woman that is not to some degree self-deprecating. You know, uh, if you say, if you compliment her, she'll say, oh, this old thing, I got it on the sale rack at TJ Maxx or whatever. Oh, your hair looks great. Oh, well, I must be having a good hair day. So I'm with you on that. We've got to yeah. stop normalizing the self-deprecation and really appreciate that. It, why is it so easy for us to look at somebody else and think so much of them and look in the mirror and think not much of ourselves? That really needs to change. Yeah, I do. My mom always taught me a little, uh, a really important trick. Um, she wasn't always the best about taking care of herself, but weirdly enough, she gave me amazing advice, which I, my aunt sometimes was always shocked by. It, but but um, basically, some when someone gives you a compliment, they're giving you a gift. Mm. So say someone gave you a necklace or or something, and you were like, Ugh, I don't want that piece of crap. You know, <laughs> literally, that's what you say by saying, Oh, this old thing. Oh, oh my, you basically are saying they gave you this gift and you're just like, well, that was a stupid gift. Why did you do that? Because no one's going to, that same person's not going to do it again. Do you know what I mean? Wow. They know I'm going to carry that with me, Claire. That's beautiful. I've never heard that. And that, that really paints the picture and, and it gets to the crux of the issue. So I love that. Yeah. Cool. 
Yay. I know. I love my mom. Like I, my, I, my nickname for my mother was pink. Um, she passed away in 2006, but, um, I, my husband's always just like, you need to, uh, like to publish a book of pink isms because she had lots of things like that. I'm just like, how did she mm. know this? <laughs> she had me like 20 years old. She died at 50. She didn't have oh. like, she wasn't like a hundred. You know what I mean? You would get that mm -hmm. maybe like, you know, have that like amazing advice at that age. But yeah. So anyway, she, well, tons of advice. I'm so thankful for the stuff that she told me. But one of the things I want to talk to you about is um, I know one of your the key things that you have in your business that you um, work on is thought leadership for people that work with you. How do you define thought leadership? Great question. All right. So thought leadership, you just mentioned earlier about, wow, Judy, you come with experience and it's different. In today's world. Here we are in 2022. There are so many entrepreneurs coming in to the digital space and, and even opening up, you know, just some remote online type um, service. Mm -hmm. And some of them have experience that is relevant and other, a lot don't. And so I work with higher level ladies who I want them to become true thought leaders in their industry, meaning that they they come to the marketplace with a specific message. They're not just copy and pasting what somebody else says. Uh, and I'll give you an example, right? Um, for me as a business coach, how many business coaches are there? Even for women, there, a lot less for Christian women, but even just women, there are so many. So there has to be something different in the way that I think, therefore that I create, therefore that I put out there in my messaging that allows me to stand out. And so that's what, as one example, the joyful scaling method is all about. I founded that methodology. I created it myself. Actually, the Lord God was, I believe he downloaded that to me, but some of my key business philosophies within that methodology is the belief triad, the power of decision, and my use of the Socratic method to teach my clients how to think like a CEO, the way I learned how to think like a lawyer in law school. So those are just some key things where it's about too many entrepreneurs today, Claire, don't think. They just really what do you want mean to copy. Okay. That, thank you for that. I feel that even those that are at the six figures, if they're good at what they do, they can kind of sort of, I think, easily get there, really, if they're diligent. But are they saying anything different to make them stand out? In a lot of cases, not. Because they're listening to too many of the gurus telling them to do all the things. And so they're not taking time to do that work, the think work, that's going to allow them to come up and be creative and come up with the value that will then allow them to create intellectual property, like the joyful scaling mm -hmm. method. If I ever see anybody talk about the joyful scaling method and use my, my wording, I'm going to sue them <laughs> because yeah. that is mine. And that is what's yeah. going to make me stand out. And so that's what I, uh, you know, teach my clients as we work together. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. Like, um, I find that when we work with some of our clients that, they're, sometimes they don't understand like, kind of the method that we have, which is, yeah, you have to create content that is your own, your own IP, just as you said, that mm -hmm. then you can share. So yes, are there other people that are our competitors? Yes, but it's how we put our stamp on it and the, and the mm -hmm. messaging that makes it different. And um, I agree, There's there are so few, a lot of people are out there kind of 
doing the same old thing. They have their messaging, they have their landing page, and then they just sell. They never show you, they never give you anything. They never yeah. give you any content. They never give you anything. Or if they give you content, what I find is that it's just, like I say, copy and paste. They don't, yeah. they're, it's almost like I A see her that they downloaded. It. Do you have yeah, seen exactly. This? Yeah, like yeah, 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 they have them. Like here's the here's the 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 book that I copied from someone else. I put my name on it, and here's my download, so I get your email. But it's nothing that they mm -hmm. came up with, right? Sorry, right. I, I interrupted. And you. so no, no, not at all. But but that's exactly right. So they look at somebody else, and they say she made it. So I'm gonna look at what she does and what she says, and I'm kind of gonna basically, like you said, take it, swipe it, and make it my own. But I want to impress upon your listeners the importance of words. You know, as a lawyer, especially not just in the trial room, but also I was an appellate brief writer. You know, if there was a loser case on appeal, they gave it to me because they knew that I knew how to write and I knew how to use words. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of ways that words are really, really important for entrepreneurship. I just want to touch on them briefly. Words that we use as entrepreneurs need to paint pictures, vivid pictures, right? In particular, you know, we, we should be describing our ideal client's problems in a way that's going to astound them so that they say, oh my goodness, she totally gets where I'm coming from. That will establish trust and so many other things that people talk about. People talk about the no like trust. I hate it. I'll never say it because everybody else says it. I, I, yeah. I, yes, trust is important. But anyway, so painting pictures is huge by words. What else do we do with our words? We need to tell stories. Stories make you relatable, stories are memorable, and they provide points of connection. So we really need to tell stories that, that are yeah. going to, again, um, connect with our ideal client. And finally, we need to speak the language of our ideal client so that the words we use, we know them so well. Right? It's not just a superficial knowing, but a deep knowing so that when we talk about them and we talk to them, she's saying, oh my gosh, it's like Judy's in my head. It's like Claire's in my head. Words are so important. I, yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. It's, it is absolutely amazing. The, the storytelling, um, I, I, I mentioned that a lot with people that we work with as well, clients that we work with, is that the, the storytelling is going to be so key because that's, what's going to differentiate you from somebody else. And there are so many people that they don't tell their story or they tell like this really fake, it's, it's a very weird thing, but you can tell when someone's lying. So, you know, I mean, we see you on, on the video and you can tell. So when someone's telling the story um, and they really feel it then, and they know it and it's in their head. I mean, that's, I, I'm a former actress and trained, but that's the kind of thing that we're, we're taught to do. You have to own this character's story. Because they can see if your eyes are kind of glazed over and it's not real. You have to make it real. Yeah. So not saying yeah. that people need to like fake a story and make it real, but you can tell when a story is not real. Yeah. I mean, let, let's talk about that for just one moment. As I work with my clients on this whole thing of what makes you different and why you instead of somebody else, sometimes you don't even realize what's right in front of you that could help you stand out. And a quick example is myself as a lawyer. I knew that having that cred and having that experience absolutely helps me in everything I do. I mean, I think like a lawyer and that thinking is very unique. It's very specific. It's a great critical thinking skill. But only recently, as in the first year, did I realize that thinking like a lawyer 
is really important. And that's when I started to like, wait, wait, think like a CEO. It's similar. So this methodology that I went through in law school, I can kind of make it my own and teach that so that my clients can think like a CEO. And so I always knew being a lawyer was helpful, but I didn't put the whole complete story together and how it fits to make me unique until recently. And yeah. I find that every woman has a story and an experience that can absolutely help her do the same. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I, I feel like it's it's just funny because I feel like when we, you know, you and I know each other offline too. So we've talked about other things, but yeah, I feel like a lot of times when we talk, like we, we're very similar in a lot of ways, but I find that a, a lot of coaches that I see, they, they say a lot of words that don't mean anything. Do you, do you find that there's a lot of gurus out there that cost a lot of money, but they don't get you from point A to point B. They make you feel better, but at the end, you're not, you're not further along. So I, I, do you, I mean, I personally, I feel like I know the answer, but I'm going to ask you, do you think the CEO mindset, the, the, the lawyer mindset, do you think that's what kind of differentiates you from the other people in that you could, you're like, I'm going to make sure you get to point A to point B because as a CEO and a lawyer, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about the gurus and how they're messaging, how many of them say, I want to help you find, I want to help you uh, grow your business. So you have a business and a life you love. I mean, I could think of five right off the top of my head. That's number one. And that's exactly what I'm talking about about the copy and paste. So that someone just now, you know, she may or may not have a certification, but she says, I'm going to be a coach, say bye-bye to corporate, you know, or maybe she got laid off. But all she's saying is, I'm going to give you a life you love. And she's wondering why it's not landing. Well, that's because you don't have a half a million followers who already are madly in love with you and loyal to you. So yeah, I, another thing on that is that is very superficial to me. I'm going to give you a life you love. What does that mean? And I see some life coaches also talk in generalities and they may sound, I don't know, like you said, inspirational or wow, that sounds good. But at the end of the day, what is it? You know, what are you going to do? I'm going to help you to grab hold of your life. Well, what does that mean? How are you really going to help someone? Yeah. Yeah. I, I see that a lot too. And I always kind of find it mm -hmm. frustrating. Um, I, so I, I, one more question, because you're talking about messaging. I, I know, you know, do you find that working with people, working with your clients, that you have changed your messaging? Because you, were, you kind of had, you started out maybe that it was one way and you find out that it's what people actually want is another? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know what? But I'm going to turn that on its head. Okay. Your messaging, how I work with my clients, is not necessarily from the get-go what they want to hear. Yeah, mm -hmm. hold on to your hat here. Because I believe that your messaging has to start with a deep dive into your brand. And so in order to get a unique brand, you have to go deep and figure out who am I? Mm -hmm. What makes me different from anybody else in the industry? And ideally identify a gap in the market that only you can fill. And you call it something special. Maybe you coin a new phrase or call it something that nobody else has ever called it. You know, then you create a methodology or a process that we talked about that is uniquely yours with steps or pillars or milestones that, again, are different and stand mm -hmm. out. And then you consistently talk about those pillars. And then from there, you develop your isms. You know, you mentioned that your pick isms, right? Those are your yeah. go-to topics. 
mine is pursue the impossible, perfectly imperfect, uh, sophisticated business model. Nobody uses those words. And then mm -hmm. from there, you develop a philosophy. Um, and then you got to be intentional about couching things provocatively in a compelling way so that it, like people can't help but listen, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, the last thing I'll say is to be polarizing. You know, for the longest time, I'd say again, until the last six months, Jesus was front-facing of my brand as a Christian business coach, but I've never been more front-facing with it and going all in with it as I am right now. And so that messaging came, started with me. Mm -hmm. And then as you say, then I tweak it, some of the sub-language so that I address the problems that I know my clients are having. So I think mm -hmm. it's kind of that balance of who am I and who, who do I want to be first and foremost? And then as we, as we tweak and craft the messaging and the social posts and everything that goes along with that, then of course we need to be mindful of, you know, what our ideal client is looking for. Right. And I, I think to add to that, I was, you know, saying that you want to work with Christian women and talking about Jesus and talking about, you know, your faith, it won't, it, I mean, it's not going to attract everybody. Some people, they might be like, oh, that's not me. I don't want that. And to me, I always tell people that's great because you don't want them. You want your ideal client and your ideal client, you're going to be speaking exactly their language. Like you mentioned before, they're going to go, wow, where has Judy been all my life? Like she literally, she, it's like she got into my brain. Um, so that is amazing. So I want to know how you have kind of, how have you formulated your personal brand? It seems like your personal brand is an ever evolving thing, which it sounds like you've been doing as well, but really when did you start to kind of clue in like, Oh, my messaging, how I'm presenting myself is so important. I think it's just a part of the entrepreneurial journey mm -hmm. when, you know, even when you start out in entrepreneurship and you know that you can help people, and you know that, you know, this is your purpose and, and God has equipped you to pursue this. There's a lot of doubt and insecurity and fear that comes up to really put yourself out there and, and be bold enough to be a thousand percent you. And so I think that the more clients you work with, um, the more masterminds and investing that you do for yourself, it emboldens you and it empowers you to say, you know what, I'm going all in as me. And like, to your point, I want people to either love me or hate me. I don't want to be middle of the road. I want them to say, wow, I want what she's got or no, thank you. And that's fine. And I'm happy with either one. So I think it absolutely is a process. And at the end of the day, it's a matter of courage to say, and for me, looking up to God and say, Lord, who am I? Please download to me. Tell me who I am, who you made me to be so that I can step fully into that and really serve the people that you have for me. That's amazing. I love that. Well, Judy, tell, tell listeners, um, people that are watching on YouTube, <laughs> how they can connect with you. Sure. I am all over social, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere at Judy Weber Co. At Judy okay. Weber Co. We'll make sure to have um, all the links for you in the description. In the description awesome. Box, so. Awesome. And Claire, you're going to be featured on an upcoming episode of my podcast called the yes. Joyful Scaling Podcast. So you can always check me out there. We're everywhere, you know, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all of that. And I have something special for your listeners. Should I talk about that for a minute? I love special. Let's do it. 
<laughs> All right. I have put together a 20-page ultimate scaling guide. It's four proven strategies that my clients are using and which I use for exponential growth. And I'm happy to offer that to your listeners absolutely for free. Go to judyweber.co, judyweber.co, and you'll be able to download that directly. What it is is really a workbook. And I walk my talk because I take you through some strategic thinking questions that will help you to really, I guess, explode your business. Really, if you apply what I'm talking about, you're going to be addressing the messaging and the powerful branding that we've been talking about. Awesome. Oh, well, you know, I, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And I absolutely love this conversation. Um, <clears throat> I hope, I mean, I know that people got some um, great words of wisdom from this and I absolutely love it. And Thank you so much for being here, Judy. And thank you so much for joining us on the Powerful Personal Brand Podcast. And we will see you next time.